Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday morning live devotional here at Christ Life Ministries. And hello, Janine. <laughs> She's right here. And Lene is right here. So uh, you won't be seeing them on the, on the thing. But I'm going to start and I'm, I'm going to go to John 14. I just want to open the live chat here. Okay, so good morning, everybody. Um, I want to go to John chapter 14. So we've been speaking about abiding in God and abiding in, you know, drawing close to God. And so that's still in my heart. So I want to just read out of John chapter 14. Jesus is speaking to the disciples before he went to the cross. And then he said in verse 15, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commands. If you love me, you will keep my word, my sayings, my precepts, my commands. Okay? Those are not the commandments of Moses. You can even use the word commandment. But it's not Moses. We're not looking at the face of Moses now. We're looking at the face of Jesus. We're not looking at the fading glory of Moses now. We're looking at the ever-increasing glory of Jesus. So if you love me, Jesus... You'll keep my commands. Okay? And then he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Okay. So that means if you stay in my word, you will get my spirit. Okay? I will send you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. The word the parakletos can be uh, translated as all these words. Okay, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, that he may remain with you forever. So when the comforter comes, he will remain forever. So the glory is ever increasing and abiding. So how does the abiding glory come? By us hearing his word, staying in his word, abiding in his word. Okay, so the, the Spirit of God, the Comforter, will remain forever. So He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. The Spirit of God will not leave you. Nothing will ever snatch you out of His hand. Okay, nothing will ever separate you from His love. Okay, verse 17, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know and recognize him. But you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you. Okay. Right, so that doesn't mean the church are orphans or bereaved or comfortless, or desolate until the second coming. He just said, I will send you the comforter. Yeah. Hi, Rob. It's good to see you. Hi, Trish. Good morning, everybody. Okay. Just a little while now. Little while. So that should give us a clue what he's talking about. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you a comforter. Okay. So um, a little while means... A couple of days, I've said this 
many times. Now, he's speaking to them just before the cross. Little while is he's going to be crucified, he's going to be put in a tomb, he's going to be raised from the dead, and he's going to appear to them. It's just a couple of days. It's a little while. Okay? It's not 2,000 years until the second coming. Okay? Just a little while now, and the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. So he's clearly talking about his resurrection. Okay, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Why? Because he will send the comforter. He will send the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that will open up our eyes. Acts 17, so that we can turn from the power of darkness to the power of God. Okay? But you will see me because I live, you will live. John 5, if anyone... um, has the Son, he has life, and he have already passed over from death into life. Okay, verse 20. At that time, when that day comes, you will know for yourselves that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So he's talking about that oneness again. So by the... Okay. By... <laughs> By the, um, the Spirit of God, we can have this experience of oneness with Him. By the Spirit of God, I can abide in the Father. By the Spirit of God, He can abide in me. By the Comforter that has come to us, we can see Him. So how do we get the Comforter? Abide in His words, in His commandments. Okay. All right. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. Now he says it again. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love him. So now it's, it's more of a direct, uh, intentional relationship. Okay? So he's talking about intimacy. Okay. So he says, whoever really loves me is the one who keeps my word. So how do I draw near to God? Get into the word. Okay. So he says, and whoever really loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him. So if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So if I come uh, and seek him in his word, seek him while he may be found, I will be found by him. And he will come and he will love me. And he will come and Jesus will love me. And I too will love him. And will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. Okay, you will see me, but the world will not see me. All right? I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Okay, so God will make himself real to you. When you abide in his word and when you welcome the comforter who is the spirit of truth who will show to you the full truth. Verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, asked him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not the world? Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word, obey my teaching. He just repeated himself again. Okay. 
and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home, our abode, our special dwelling place with him. So the world is welcome to join in. But the world, being the world, will not see him now. The world doing their thing, the world being the world, will not be able to recognize him. Because he came to them, the world, the Jewish world of the, of the day, okay? The tabernacle of this world, says Hebrews chapter 9, okay? So he came to them, but they knew him not. They did not recognize him. But to as many as did recognize him or welcome him, he gave the power to become sons of God, as many as believed on his name. Okay, so we receive the rebirth through the word. We see that in John 1, in James 1, and in 1 Peter 1. Okay, so as we abide in the word, we receive the comforter. We receive the spirit. We are born from the spirit when we abide in the word. And our eyes open up. The anointing removes the veil. And we see him. We see his face, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, and we are transformed into his very own image. Okay, so abiding in him reveals him to us. So you must first believe the word and abide in the word and look for him in the word. You draw near to him. He's already moved. You need to now draw near to him. You need to now seek him out in the word. So why do we preach? We preach so that we can give a representation of what we see. Why do we preach? We want to make visible to you through word and through the anointing what he has revealed to us. Okay? Preachers now. Okay? So that when you hear, you can see some kind of, of, a, of a revelation of who Jesus is. That will cause you to believe. And now that you have tasted something, now you go to the Word. Now you go and you seek out the person for yourself. As, like Ephesians chapter 3 says in the Amplified, I pray that you may practically through experience for yourselves know the love of God. Okay, how do you know the love of God for yourselves? Abide in the Word. He will send His comforter. Okay, so if you abide in the Word, I will make myself real to you. I will show myself to you. I will clearly make myself visible to you. Okay, So uh, it's such a, an encouraging thing. It's such a simple thing. Okay, You know, these, these, these children's songs, you know, okay, for the Afrikaans people, they will get it, but it means you, know, you just read your Bible, pray every day. Okay, We teach that to children. So if it is just a thing of duty, without understanding the value of it, then, you know, we will just, you know, go through motions, and then it will fade out after a bit, and we will think, oh, why start again? You know, and then we get resentful because, you know, where is God in my situation, and where was God when this happened and that? Hey, there's the Bible. He wants to show himself to you. So why don't we just see his word and keep his word, like keep it as a treasure in our hearts. But also, if the word says something, James 1 says, uh, be a doer of the word. Okay, so in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive the word which rooted in your heart contains the power to save your soul. I want my soul to be saved. Romans chapter 12 verse 2, I want to be transformed by the entire renewal of my mind. So I want my emotions to reflect his. I want my mind to reflect his. Okay? 
So now he says, receive the word which has the power to save your soul. But be doers of the word, not listeners, merely listeners, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary yeah. to the truth. So when people either take a short lift and go on a strange tangent in the, world, in the word, it is because they, they uh, don't do the word. Yeah. They betray themselves into deception yeah. by reasoning contrary to the word. So he didn't say, if anyone has my words and reasons about it. He says, if anyone has my words and keep it. Yes. So if the word says, lay hands are sick, lay hands are sick. Yeah. Isn't it funny that when deception comes in, all the miracle starts to wane out. It yeah. starts to... It's just such... It's so clear. You know, there used to be... You know, if there's someone who used to be on fire for God, okay then either they reason contrary to the truth, not valuing the word, and all of that fades out, and they just fade into the gray masses of who the world is. Yeah. Okay, But the Spirit of God is still with them. Yeah. They're just blinded to the Spirit of God because they're looking to the God of this world, which is the knowledge of good and evil, and they're blinded, they can't see Him. So they look like the world. Yeah. Okay? Then you get the other side, where people take the word and they, they twist it to, to fit their doctrines... But you still, you know, it's the same thing that happens. Yeah. Re betraying themselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth, not doing the word. So then James continues and he says, For if anyone um, is a doer of the word. Uh, now, if someone is a listener but not a doer, it's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. The Amplified says, like in his, and like in his natural looks at his natural face in a mirror, and then goes off and promptly forgets what it was like. So if you see Christ reflected in the, um, in the Word, and He shows Himself, He makes Himself clearly seen by you in the mirror of the Word, and you realize, wow, this is why I am in Christ. And if you don't go out and do it, okay, keep the Word. Do, it, do the Word. You know, then it's like, your reason, yeah, no, but it's, you know, yeah, maybe it's just an emotional experience. And, and, yeah, and yeah, but, you know, it's grace. I don't have to do it. And, and then sooner than later, you, you start to wonder, but where's that feeling of peace? Where's, you know, why is my mind running around all the time? Yeah. So, so why am I worried? Why am I anxious about this and this and this? It's because we're not doing the word. Okay? Doing the word can be something as simple as just when, when you feel not feel perfectly fine and wonderful, just pray in the Spirit. Yeah. Because the word says pray in the Spirit always. So now I don't feel like it. Well, it, it didn't say when you feel like it. You know, so you just go, and maybe you don't feel the effect of it, but then for the next two days you feel better. Because you prayed on Tuesday, and on Thursday you feel better. Sometimes it's a bit of a delayed effect. And that causes people not to connect the dots. Okay? But I'm telling you, if you draw near to God, and if you keep the word and you do it, you will feel something. It will lift you up. You, it, it will change your life. So if you continuously do it, then it will continuously lift you up. And He will continuously show Himself. So this is a life that we live. It's not um, open sesame and boom, and now your life, you, you know, 
It's not like that. It's, it's a life where you die and Christ lives inside you. This relationship between you and Christ, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. It's everything. You need to abide in Him. You need to abide. He's your source of life. You need to abide in the Word. Okay? And uh, abiding, you know, finding Him in the Word and finding Him in worship and finding Him in prayer, but uh, drawing close to God in whatever way you can think of at that moment. <laughs> but I think the Word is a, is a very good staple. <laughs> you know, it's a good diet to, to have the Word, to feed on the Word. Okay? And, and, and get your mind in check, you know? Because if this idea and that idea, when a preacher comes to you and preaches something, take the word and test it. If someone preaches something and you feel uneasy about it because of that scripture, go read that scripture. So sometimes it can be because of an old, unrenewed mind, we think, oh, yes, but that scripture says this, and this guy preaches grace, so how about... Then take the scripture and say, listen, the scripture says this. I'm feeling strange about what you're saying. Can you explain it to me? You know, and if you can take scripture upon scripture upon scripture and say, this is what the word says, wow, now I see more, thank you. But, you know, if people start bringing in really strange influences, and it's not only one scripture that pings, it's just ping, 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 ping. (laughs) But it's not going to ping if if there's nothing to remind you of it. So God works by way of remembrance. You know, if you have the word in you, the spirit can say, flag, there's a scripture. Okay, so get the word inside you, the spirit of truth. So then when someone talks to you and it's against the word, the Holy Spirit can immediately take a scripture and say, listen. So we view the scripture through the lens of the cross. We view everything, whatever comes through that lens we can take. Okay, so you don't just go read Leviticus and think you must do that. Don't do that. Don't start in Leviticus. Start in John. <laughs> if you're going to re- read Leviticus and you want to be a doer of the word, yay. There you are, Yeah, good luck to you. But, but if you view it through the lens of a cross, and you see the blood of Jesus, and you see how Leviticus and Hebrews speaks together, and how Jesus has all those r- rituals and all those, those details and some gory details have been fulfilled, on the cross of Jesus, thank you, Lord. And I can see everything in Leviticus, what Jesus has done for me. Okay? So if I, if I look for Jesus, I'll find him on every page. Okay? So we look through the lens of, of the cross into the word. And now we see a picture of who Jesus is. So Jesus said, I only did what I heard, uh, what I saw my father do. And I only uh, uh, said what I heard him say. So we need to be able to see him for who he really is. If we can see him for who he really is, it's easy to do the word. So we get to know him through getting to know the word. So my aim in reading the word is to get to know Jesus, to abide in him, to get to know him, to abide in him, to get to know him, to abide. I abide in the word to abide in him. To get to, I can't, if I don't have a clear picture of who he is, I can't abide in him. Okay. So then he keeps on showing himself. Do you see that? Since we started reading, I will show myself. I will show myself. So if it's not Jesus showing himself, maybe you're looking through the long, wrong lens. Yeah. Okay. So we, then the reasoning starts. Okay. Remember, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes had the same scriptures that Paul had. Yeah. He was a Pharisee. 
And he even viewed the, the scriptures through the same lens. Okay? So Paul took the same scriptures and he hit people and he dragged the church into prison. And, you know? So, and then Jesus revealed himself. Acts chapter 9, he knocked him off his horse and lights flashed it. And, you know, he was blind for a couple of days. And, you know, and eyes came and prayed for him and his eyes opened up. You know? But when he was knocked off his horse, he was like, hey, there's something. So Jesus said, why, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He said, who are you, Lord? Suddenly very humble. I am Jesus whom you persecute. Okay? He says, stop kicking against the goat. It will turn very badly. It turn out very badly for you if you keep on this track. It's like if you persecute the church, you persecute me. Okay, so he will reveal himself to you. Okay, so he saw him. And his whole life changed. Okay? No one else saw it. The people with him on the horses, they didn't see him. But he revealed himself to him. He was called to reveal his word to the Gentile nations. Okay. All right. So the Sadducees, Pharisees, scribes had a certain view. So, but they were blinded. They couldn't see him. They reasoned about the word. They reasoned. Every now and then in the Gospels, Jesus said, why reason you amongst one another? Why reason you amongst one another? So if a scripture uh, is reasoned about, you get deception. So if a doctrine starts with reasonings, when people start preaching and they question the Bible, or they question the church, or whatever, before they start to try to get your mind in a certain direction, then your ears should go, what's happening? Holy Ghost, show me the word. And then you test every word. It's like, mm. So sometimes, you know, they can take a truth. And it's true, even in the way they say it, it's true. But because of a question or reasoning they said before the time, they steer the whole ship, just two degrees. But two degrees, and if you take that tangent, and if you take that thought path, you end up on a totally different continent if the ship turns. So we need to constantly keep on course. Constantly keep on course. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, show me. Show me revelation in the Word. Show me. Let the Scriptures wash over you. Sometimes there's Scriptures that's popular, and sometimes there's Scriptures that's less popular. But let all of it wash over you. I like what Bill Johnson says. He says it's good to keep uh, uh, an eternal perspective. Eternity is a very long time. <laughs> it's a very long time. So let's not get blasé about the word and doctrine and about doctrines and stuff. Let's just keep ourselves humble and keep ourselves to the word as it stands there. Yes. Okay? All right? So uh, be a doer of the word. So what is the word? Is the word the, the, the letter? No, the letter kills. So that's betraying yourselves into deception. So you can take this book and you can deceive yourself and end up in death. If you are the focus. But if Jesus is the focus and the focus is to draw near to Jesus, he will show himself to you on every page. Okay? So now... Back to James chapter 1. He says, if anyone is a doer of the word, if he perseveres, if he looks into the faultless law of liberty and perseveres in looking into it, 
he, and be an active doer, not a heedless listener. He shall be blessed in his doing. Yeah. Yes, but you know, your preaching works. And we are saved by grace. Yes, through faith. And faith without works is dead. So there's works of the law that gets people to try to atone for their sins and to try to get righteous. Mm. All of that is dead works and lifeless observances and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from it. Mm. Okay? You can only be saved by the work of Jesus on the cross and faith in that work. Okay? So... I'm not talking about the works unto salvation. There's no works unto salvation. Jesus did the work. We do the believing. But now, since we believe in him, he is the word that was made flesh. So what is the word? The word is the spirit of God speaking. The word is the spirit of God revealing the Father. The word is the spirit of God showing Jesus. So Jesus was showing the Father. We show Jesus who is showing the Father. Okay, so our, the Holy Spirit's sole intent on this earth is to reveal Jesus. Yeah. So if Jesus is not revealed, but some doctrine that takes us far away from Jesus, then surely we're in deception. Yes. Okay, so um, the word is the Spirit speaking. So the Spirit needs to be speaking. Okay, so if we look into the faultless law of liberty... I haven't even started to get to the scripture that I wanted to speak about. So, if we look to the faultless law of liberty, James chapter 1, that must be the gospel. How can I say that? Because isn't the law faultless? Well, Hebrews chapter 8 says, God finds fault with the commandment saying, I will bring a new covenant in those days. Quoting out of Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 to 33. God finds fault with the commandments, with them, saying, I will bring a new covenant. Okay? And in bringing a new one, the old one is made obsolete and is ripe for disappearance and to be dispensed with altogether. So if God finds fault with the law of Moses, it's not the faultless law. So what's the faultless law? The law of the spirit of life, Romans chapter 8, verse 2 and 3, has set me free from the law of sin and death. What's the law of sin and death? Moses, the ministration of condemnation and death, engraved in letters on stone. Okay, so if we look into the faultless law, the law of the spirit and life, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, behold, in a glass, as in the word, the glory of the Lord. We are transformed into his very own image. So he shows himself. If anyone has my word and keeps it, he's, he, uh, uh, he's the one who really loves me, and I will love him, and I will show himself. So he shows himself, and as he shows himself, we are transformed into what we see, looking into the reflection in the glass. Okay? And we are transformed into what we see. We are transformed by the entire renewal of our mind. If your, your vision of who Jesus is is updated to who he really is, you will look like him. So your, your life reflects uh, your vision of Jesus. Do you know who he is? <laughs> okay, so there's much more to know and there's much more fellowship to be had. Okay, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Uh, we know not what we shall be hereafter, but we know this, that when he comes, we shall uh, be like him, resemble him and be like him. For we shall see him as he really is. Okay, All right, so... I just want to read this. 
so that I can actually just get to the title. So he says, I'm the true vine, John 15, and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing fruit, he cuts away and he takes away and he cleanses, repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more richer, more excellent fruit. Okay, fruit of the Spirit is born when the, the branches are pruned. Okay, so how are the branches pruned? You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you. Let the word prune your branches. It's not ouch, ouch, ouch pruning. It's yay, yay, yay. All the dead stuff is cut off by the word. Let the word cut off your stupid doctrine. Let the word cut off your self-righteous idea. Let the word correct you and bring humility in your heart. Okay? You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word that I have given you, the teachings that I have discussed with you. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. He says, his command is, you do it first. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Okay? Live in me and I... Yeah, but how can I do it first? Well, he's already moved. He's already opened up the way for you. So he moved first, first. Okay? Okay? Hebrews 10, verse 19, 20, you know it. He opened up a fresh new living way for us through the power of the blood, through the separating curtain that is through his flesh. So that's the picture of the cross. Through the cross we come in. He's opened the way. Now we need to come in. So he's been, since he opened that, he's been sitting waiting for us to come in, into the true holy of holies, to abide there. And he says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me, I will live in you. So the way into him is open, so we need to do it. Okay. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide. Abide in me. You want to bear fruit? Abide in him. Draw close to God. If you preach to people you're not supposed to draw near to God, they're not going to bear fruit and you're not going to bear fruit. The fruit that you had is going to disappear. We need to abide in him. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. Thank you, Lord, for opening the way so that we can abide in you. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Yes. If a person does not dwell in me, he's thrown out like a broken off branch. And with this and such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and burnt. If you live in me, vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. When you bear much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified, and you prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. So how do I prove myself a true disciple or a true follower of Jesus if I bear fruit? What's the fruit that I need to bear? When I ask, I get. There must be power. So if there's power, I prove myself to be myself. (laughs) There's only one myself. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have multiple personality disorder. Okay. So <laughs> Okay, my father is honored and glorified when I ask and receive. Well, he says ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. That's a nice thing. God has given us a blank check. Okay, no one knows what a check is anymore. But it used to be like a little piece of paper <laughs> that you put your signature on. <laughs> 
He's given you his internet banking details. <laughs> He's given us a blank check signed. You can just fill in what you want. <laughs> He's given you his app. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, really, there's nothing God won't do for you. So, it's not in trying to convince God to answer your prayer. It's in abiding in his word. Okay. All right. So, let's just greet a few people. So, bless you. I hope this word has blessed you as much as it has blessed me. Hello, Santi. Listening Scalam in class. <laughs> That's also fantastic. <laughs> bless you, Rob. Tony Yuki, bless you. It's good to see you. Tini from, from George slash Donna Bay. And uh, Ma Rosa from just around the corner. And who else is there? It's like a remote scene. Okay. And, oh, my goodness. Okay. Hello, Trish and Aaron Michaels. Bless you. Okay, so there's some much-needed reminder this morning. Yes, I mean, a strong anchor in the sea of doubt and trouble. Yeah. So uh, I just believe... The word is the word, and we need to live our lives by it. Okay. Bless you guys. Send us an email, please. Don't <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> please send us testimonies. Please just let, tell us where you're watching us from. So uh, we got an, an email from our friends, France and Debbie, from Canada. It's so awesome to hear from you guys. And uh, so bless you guys. So uh, And please share the link and subscribe and like. And, you know, if, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Um, but share the link. Let more people hear about it. I think it, this, these uh, uh, meetings or talks or whatever you can call it, these devotionals can, can bless people. All right. Be blessed. We'll see you again tomorrow morning. Amen. Thank you.